Welcome back to the Big Sky Now, a little special edition, end of the season recap, end of the regular season recap, I should mention, for the Big Sky Conference. We're going to roll through all 12 teams, give a little season recap, we'll go through what went right, what went wrong, look at who's each team's MVP, and the outlook for each Big Sky program moving forward. That being said, there is still four Big Sky teams in the playoff hunt, so this is a regular season recap, and we'll get to a playoff recap later on, seeing how our Big Sky squad's doing the FCS championship playoffs. All right, let's start it out. We'll go through this in alphabetical order. That'll be real. It's a real way to spice it up. No, I'm kidding. I was going to go by records, but hey, let's keep it easy. Go alphabetical order here. Cal Poly is first up. They went 3-8 and eight this year overall. What went right? They opened the season with a 27-10 win, non-conference win, over the University of San Diego and beat Northern Colorado 24-17. Both those were home wins. Add in an, a win over NAIA opponent Lincoln and the Mustangs finished 3-3 three and three at home on the year. What went wrong? Cal Poly had the third worst score defense in the entire nation. I'll repeat that. Third worst in the entire country. That's where it went wrong for the Mustangs. They allowed 39.5 points per game, and they dropped seven of their last eight after starting the year 2-1 and one in non-conference play. Their team MVP, quarterback Sam Heward, a redshirt sophomore transfer from Washington, finished second in the Big Sky with 18 passing touchdowns despite missing two games. So the sophomore transfer did have a solid year. He finished fifth in the Big Sky in passing yards with 2,247, and he had a huge day passing and a 41-30 loss to Sac State in the second-to-last game of the season where he racked up 483 passing yards and two touchdowns through the air. But 483 passing yards at any level – it's quite the game. Outlook moving forward, the Mustangs and first-year head coach Paul Wolf had an up-and-down season that featured seven losses in conference play, but they did show promise. It was year number one for the former Eastern Washington head coach, and with Sam Heward penciled in at starter once again next year, another year in that system, I think Cal Poly is a team to watch make the leap from the bottom of the pack to a team that can at least hover around 500. That being said, it's going to take them shoring up that defense because that's the big thing right there when you finish finish at the bottom of the pack in the entire nation. So big focus there will be revamping that defense, but the offense had its moments. Eastern Washington went 4-7 and seven on the year. What went right early in the season? The Eagles picked up back-to-back -back wins over at the time-ranked opponents, Southeastern Louisiana and UC Davis. Things were looking up. We were talking on the Big Sky now about Eastern Washington might be a playoff team. They're tw top 25 caliber. Pushed FBS for Fresno State to overtime early on in a hard-fought battle. They lost 34-31. It was clicking early. Things kind of fell off. What went wrong? The Eagles had one of the six worst rushing defense in the entire country, and their 57-14 loss to Montana State was a downright blowout in the second-to-last week of the season. So in a season that started with a lot of promise, the Eagles kind of saw things fall apart down the stretch. Team MVP, Shout-out quarterback Akoya Vesperis. He easily could have been the nod here, but we're going to give it to Efton Chisholm, wide receiver. He had a big year, 84 catches for 932 yards and eight touchdowns. Like I said, Vesperis was key for that offense as well, but Chisholm has been the focal point of the Eagles offense for a few years, and he's just that guy in that offense right now. That being said, Vesperis did have a huge year. And speaking of the outlook moving forward, he'll be back again next year, and reports say head coach Aaron Best job is safe. He'll have Chisholm back. He'll have Vesperis back. They have a room to grow offensively. The biggest thing for the Eagles is landing a couple guys and recruiting, maybe hitting the transfer portal and remaking that defense in a hurry. Because when you're one of the worst teams in the in the nation at stopping opposing t offenses, you're not going to win a lot of games. It's that simple. It doesn't matter how good your offense is, and that's where the Eagles were this year. Put up a lot of points, but they let up even more, quite a bit more. Simple as that. So moving forward, got short that defense. Similar to Cal Poly. Idaho. 
eight and three. The Vandals, what went right? They beat Nevada of the FBS and grabbed ranked wins over Sac State and Montana State at home. Plus, they blew out. Idaho State in the Kibbe Dome to close out the year. What went wrong? Down the stretch, the Vandals struggled with slow starts, which stood out in their loss to Montana, and the Weber State upset late in the season. So, coming playoff time, that's something the Vandals will definitely want to work on. They started very fast against Idaho State, put up 56, I believe, in the first half. So, they're clicking heading into the postseason. But those two games, that's where it went wrong. Little issues starting slow. Team MVP, we're going to go with Anthony Woods. I know Giovanni McCoy is a top-tier FCS quarterback, former Jerry Rice Award winner, one of the best in the country at what he does. That being said, when Anthony Woods was in the lineup, they were a different team running the football. He had 987 rushing yards and racked up 15 total touchdowns. McCoy deserves a lot of credit as well, but Woods, when he played, Made a difference. He was out for that Weber State game. You got to think his presence in the lineup could have made a difference there in a close football game. Outlook is a program moving forward. Vandals are playoff bound. And with Jason Eck running the show and McCoy and Woods, both redshirt sophomores, the Vandals are poised to be a top-tier FCS program once again. They should be competing for a Big Sky title year in and year out for the foreseeable future as long as X on the sideline. And they have guys like McCoy and Woods on the field. Hayden Hatton will be gone after this year, I believe. But just a lot of talent in that Vandals program right now. Idaho State, what went wrong? Or excuse me, excuse me, jumped the gun there. They went 3-8, and and what went right for Idaho State? Let's start with what went right. First-year head coach Cody Hawkins deserves a lot of credit. The Bengals won three conference games after only winning two in the previous two seasons combined. Their most memorable moment was the Bengals' come-from-behind win over Eastern Washington. They were trailing 41-14 to in the second half. They came back, and they won that game, led by sophomore QB Jordan Cook. That's the type of win you could build on as a program. That's a moment in the Big Sky season that Big Sky football fans will not forget. So a statement win for the Bengals program in a three and eight year, that's something you can hang your hat on and move forward and look back and go, we were able to win that game. We can win a lot of football games moving forward once we get that defense short up. What went wrong? They lost to Sac State 51 to 16, and they let the Idaho Vandals, their rival, put up 56 First half points on him in the Battle of the Domes. Giovanni McCoy was on the sidelines for that one. Backup Vandals QB Jack Lane was under center. And I believe he had six touchdown passes in the first half. So it was a rough way for the Bengals to end a promising season. That being said, the Vandals were coming off that home loss at Weber State. And the Bengals did not catch them at the right time. The Bengals caught a Vandals team looking to make a statement. Okay, team MVP, sophomore wide receiver, Jaden James led the entire nation in receptions with 102 catches and was third in receiving with 1,045 yards, plus he hauled in eight receiving touchdowns. Overall, a huge year for the Bengals sophomore. Outlook moving forward, the Bengals led the entire nation in passing yards, pass attempts, and completion. So it's clear Coach Cody Hawkins wants this team to air it out. They have Jordan Cookie quarterback, playmakers like Chaden James on the outside, and another year in Coach Hawkins' offense. I think the Bengals are going to keep on improving, and they're a team you could see competing for a 500 record next season. Montana, the Big Sky champions. What went right for the 10-1 Grizzlies? Secured bragging rights in the Little Brown Stein game with a hard-fought win over Idaho on national television and followed it up later that year, this year, excuse me, with a statement victory in the Cat Grizz game for bragging rights in the state of Montana over the Bobcats. And, of course, they won the Big Sky title for the first time since 2009. So a lot went right for Montana. What went wrong? This is an easy one. That NAU game, Northern Arizona loss, was rock bottom for the Grizzlies. This season, it felt like such an up-and-down ride for the Grizz. The ship was sinking after that NAU loss. It was sinking quick. Grizz Nation was in panic mode, but we know how the story ends. I'll save you the details. Montana turned their season around 
won the Big Sky Conference. But that NAU game was no doubt about it where it went wrong for the Grizzlies. Since then, though, a lot's gone right. Team MVP, Clifton McDowell, he completely changed the look of this Montana offense. Once he took that starting job, they were a different unit. He made explosive plays with his arms, explosive plays with his legs. Overall, just one of those guys who makes plays, and he does a great job of taking care of the football. Shout out Buck Buchanan nominee, Braxton Hill, and Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, Alex Gubner, both on the defensive side of the ball, big playmakers, deserve to have their names in the conversation. But McDowell's the guy who transformed this complete team, changed the season around once he took the starting job. Future outlook, Bobby Houck's contract is set to be up after this season, but after winning a Big Sky Championship run, he'll have the opportunity to return unless an FBS school were to come call with the right opportunity. Star running back Eli Gilman is a redshirt freshman. McDowell has another year of eligibility, so things are looking up for the Grizzlies. They feel like they're back to that level of being an FCS power year in and year out where you can count on the Grizz to be a top-10 team every year moving forward for the foreseeable future at least. Montana State, they finished the year 8-3. and three. What went right for the Bobcats? They continued to dominate at home. They extended their FCS best home winning streak to 25 games, and they finished second in the country in total rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. What went wrong? The Bobcats struggled against top-tier competition on the road. They lost to Idaho, Montana, and top-ranked South Dakota State Jackrabbits. So we'll see if they can make the adjustments in the postseason. When they do have to go on the road, their first game will be at home, likely against the North Dakota State Bison. So we'll see what happens in that one. If they can get a win at home, they'll have to go back on the road and make a run. Do they make the adjustments? Team MVP, it's hard not to pick Tommy Mulatto, Sean Chambers, or Julius Davis even for their impact on offense, and in particular that rushing attack. But I'm going to go with the defensive lineman, Brody Grebe. He was the anchor for that Montana State front. He had 8.5 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and 43 tackles on the year. And not to say that rushing attack, someone from there didn't deserve it, but Grebe, if you watch Montana State play, it felt like every play you saw him around the football making plays. He just has a nose for harassing opposing quarterbacks, catching ball carriers in the backfield. One of those guys on a Montana State defense that doesn't always get a lot of credit played a huge role, and he was the anchor of that defensive front, in my opinion. Sean Chambers probably would have been my next choice for the Bobcats. Outcat, uh, outlook moving forward. Chambers in his final year of eligibility. So it's going to be the Tommy Malott show next year. A lot of faith in this coaching staff. Brent Vegan's a great coach. Tommy Malott's back. Julius Davis will be back. The rushing attack's going to do its thing again. Grebe will be back on defense. So it looks like the Bobcats, with a lot of star power returning, they'll have to replace Chambers on offense, find a way to make up for, I believe, 14 rushing touchdowns and nine passing touchdowns. That's a lot of pro- productivity you're going to have to replace. That being said, they're still poised to be at the top of the pack in the big sky next year fighting for that top spot, whether they're at top, but they'll be in the top three once again, top 10 team in the nation kind of a squad. So the Bobcats are in a good position. Keep an eye out if Brent Vegan gets any offers through the offseason. Might be a hot take, but he's a guy whose name has been mentioned in the Boise State job and other jobs, so something to keep an eye on. Northern Arizona went 5-6. and six. One went right. They went 5-3 and three in conference play and handed the Big Sky champion Montana Grizzlies the only, their only loss of the season with a 28-14 win to open conference play at the walk-up Sky Dome. The Lumberjacks also beat a ranked UC Davis squad. What went wrong? They went 0-3 in conference play with a bad loss to Utah Tech. And a loss to the FBS Arizona Wildcats on the road in Tucson. So I guess you could say that's going bad. And uh, they also fired their head coach. So despite having a strong conference record, it wasn't enough to keep Coach Chris Ball. That's where it went wrong for Northern Arizona. Probably would have liked to see them build on that momentum. But that being said, their team MVP, interior defensive lineman, 
Aloy Quady had a monster year in the middle for the Lumberjacks. He was at the near, he was near, excuse me, the top of the big sky with 9.5 sacks while forcing three fumbles and racking up 46 total tackles. Just a monster up front for the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks defense did hold that Montana squad to 14 points, had dominant defensive performances against Weber State and Northern Colorado. And that senior from Northern, excuse me, from Northern Arizona, for Northern Arizona. The senior, Quady, had a big impact there with six and a half, six and a half sacks from those three wins. So, made plays in the wins for the Lumberjacks when they needed it most. Outlook moving forward, Lumberjacks exceeded expectations in 2023, but they just fired their head coach. So, we're going to leave this one as a question mark. NAU has the ability to recruit some high-end talent in the Southwest. They have some real playmakers right now. And with the new coach coming into town, you know, Maybe the Lumberjacks take a few steps forward, but I'd lean towards them taking a few steps back before they take any more forward because we don't know who they're going to hire. And anytime you have a coaching staff rebuild, it could go one of two ways. You really never know. We'll look to see what direction Northern Arizona goes moving forward. The Northern Colorado Bears, they went 0-11 this year. What went right? It'd be easy to say nothing went right. But I will say they kept – they had one possession games in five of their final seven so they ended the year at least competing, playing competitive football. The two games they didn't keep it to one possession was Idaho and Montana. So that's at least moving forward. You go, we played close games, but you got to get it done at the end of the day. What went wrong? The Bears had the 115th worst scoring offense in the country. It was in the bottom 10 schools in the entire nation. And in the high-flying Big Sky Conference, a lot of points getting put up all over the board. It's hard to win when you can't score points. So that was the root of Northern Colorado's problems. Team MVP, this is kind of a unique one, but I'm going to go with Jerry Rice Award finalist this year, punter and kicker Hunter Green. It's not often you see a punter or a kicker land team MVP honors, but he drove the 50-yard field goal versus Portland State. Now the 70-yard punt versus Incarnate Ward. And on an 0-11 team, having a kicker and a punter you can count on is huge because, like I said, the Bears managed to play a lot of close games down the stretch. He's a big part of the reason why when you have a guy who could drill a deep field goal, pin opposing offenses in their own territory in the punting game. So Green had an impact in keeping those games competitive. You don't see that every day, but you got to give a shout-out to Hunter Green, the freshman on the Jerry Rice Award finalist list. So outlook moving forward, the Bears, they had flashes of being ready to compete this year. They had their moments. They kind of run upset alert against Idaho. They had their moments, but that being said, the offense really struggled First-year head coach Ed Lamb had his moments, like I said, but you got to get the offense moving to compete in the big sky. That's what it all comes down to moving forward. Can the Bears produce more on offense? We'll see moving forward how they recruit any transfer portal action, but that'll be the big question mark for a program that's coming off a winless year. Portland State. End of the year at five and six. What went right? They were 500 record in Big Sky play at four and four. Their offense exploded for 150 points at home over a two week span early in the season. They beat NAIA school North American 91 to nothing. And then they beat Cal Poly 59 to 21 in conference play. And they ended the year with the third best scoring offense in the Big Sky. What went wrong? They did go viral this season for losing to the Oregon Ducks 81 to seven for the worst loss in program history. The Ducks racked up 729 yards of total offense and 11 touchdowns in the win. That sounds like video game type of numbers. Team MVP, this one was an easy choice. Portland State quarterback Dante Saturay, he had a great season for the Vikings. He accounted for 26 total touchdowns, 16 through the air, 10 with his legs while rushing for 630 yards. Saturay was a junior, so he'll be back. At 
in the starting role again next year for the Vikings. Look for the Fresno, California product to keep developing as a passer and have an even bigger year next season because the talent is there. One of those guys, when he gets in the open field or outside of the pocket, he can flat out make plays. Outlook moving forward for this program, head coach Bruce Barnum is well-respected by his coaching peers and media around the conference for keeping Portland State in the mix and relevant despite lacking some of the resources of, resources of some of the bigger Big Sky Powers, I should say. The Vikings, they showed a lot of promise in 2023 with Saturday and running back Joby Malari set to return. Portland State should be poised to have one of the best rushing attacks in the conference moving forward. So look for them to keep floating around the middle of the pack, playing spoiler in Big Sky Conference play and competing regardless of whether they have the most resources or not because right now Saturday and Malari is one of the best rushing attack tandems in the conference. Moving forward with Sean Chambers gone, you could say they're near the top of the pack, but Julius Davis and Tommy Malau would probably have something to say about that. And a couple other names you could throw out there too. Sacramento State, what went right? Beat FBS for Stanford, led by their former head coach Troy Taylor early in the year, and they made the FCS playoffs for the fourth straight season and picked up a win over the North Dakota Fighting Hawks on the road to keep their season alive in the postseason. What went wrong? The Hornets lost to Montana, Montana State, and Idaho. Plus, they lost to UC Davis, who ended the year in the top 25. So when it came to playing top-tier ranked teams, the Hornets did not bring their A game. But, hey, it showed up in the postseason and got a win. First year, starting QB, Caden Bennett was the team MVP. He had his ups and downs for the Hornets, but he did enough to land them that playoff berth. He had a huge game in the playoffs. And when they beat Stanford, he rushed for 100 yards and a score. Bennett did occasionally lose some snaps to Carson Conklin down the stretch. That could be a position battle to watch next year, but after seeing Bennett ball out in the postseason, you got to think that job's his moving forward because he has the talent to be a game-changer at the quarterback position. Future outlook for the program, Sac State head coach Andy Thompson was in his first season running the show, first-year QB, and they still made the playoffs, picked up an FBS win and an FCS playoff win already. So, Headed in the right direction despite Troy Taylor leaving. A lot of respect for Andy Thompson, the job he did with that squad despite maybe struggling against the top 25 teams. They got it done when it mattered most, got a playoff win, and kept their season alive. They're a school that's going to be playoff caliber program for quite some time. They're ready to compete. They have some of the best athletes in the conference, and they're always going to be a team to watch. Next up, UC Davis. They finished the year 7-4. and four. What went right? Running back Lan Larson was the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year. Aggies close out their season by winning four or five, including a win over rival Sac State in the Causeway Classic to close out the season. What went wrong for the second straight season, the Aggies were left out of the FCS playoff bracket. I'd call it a snub. Sac State, they lost to UC Davis in a head-to-head matchup to close out the year. The Aggies still did not make it in. Like I said, I'd call it a flat-out snub. Team MVP, Miles Hastings is one heck of a quarterback, but Larson, Big Sky Player of the Year, He's the engine that made that offense go. He led the conference in rushing despite missing three games, and his 15 total touchdowns was tied with Anthony Woods for the conference lead. Larson rushed for 255 yards against Eastern Washington and 264 yards versus Idaho State. In the Aggies' final three games, he had 10 total touchdowns. Absolute monster numbers from the Caldwell, Idaho product. Weber State is next up on the list. They went 6-5. and five. It's actually last up on the list, so here we go. We're closing this bad boy out. Keep watching the Big Sky Now media panel, dropping every Wednesday to stay up to date with all these teams in the playoffs and any other news related to the Big Sky that's newsworthy. But let's close this thing out with Weber State. They went 6-5. and five. What went right? It was a down year by the Wildcats, typical standards. But what went right? They finished here on a three-game win streak. They included a signature 31-29 win over the Idaho Vandals in Ogden. 
that's a big win. Kind of puts a different look on the season when you look back at this one for Weber State. What went wrong after playing a strong, strong slate in non-conference play? They did really well. They opened their big sky slate by getting steamrolled 40-0 to in Ogden by Montana State. They followed that up by losing three of their next four games. So conference play just did not start out looking good for Weber State. And it took till the very end of the year a little bit too late to make a playoff run when they got back on track. Team MVP linebacker Winston Reed, he had a monster season for the Wildcats. He anchored that defensive front. I believe Jack Kelly was another big playmaker for the Wildcats. But Reed, he earned national accolades for his performance in that Weber State win over Idaho. He racked up 17 tackles, forced a fumble, and had a tackle for a loss. He ended the season as the Big Sky leader in tackles with 118 total tackles, almost 30 more than the next man up, Braxton Hill at the Grizzlies. So Winston Reed, huge impact player. This was his final season, I believe, so he'll be a guy they'll need to replace. But a huge year for Reed. Outlook moving forward for the Wildcats. First-year coach Mickey Mennel had his ups and downs in year number one, but finishing the season on that three-game win streak, you beat Idaho, one of the top teams in the country. I think that could build the momentum for the program to get them back, heading in the right direction after maybe a down year for part of the season. It feels like they're trending in the right direction. That being said, I do think they're a few years away from seeing the Weber State we've expected the last few years as a top 25 caliber team. Look for them to be more of a middle-of-the-pack, 6-5, and 7-4 kind of a squad and fighting for maybe to make it in the top 25 in the playoffs. But I think they're going to do a little retooling, a little rebuilding under the new head coach, and they'll find their groove eventually. All right, everyone, that was an awesome recap of the regular season. Like I said, we'll do a playoff recap coming up for Sacramento State, who already picked up a playoff win in the first round. The only big sky team in action in round number one beat the North Dakota Fighting Hawks in Grand Forks, North Dakota, in North Dakota, in the Dome. Big time upset. You could consider an upset for the Hornets, but they kept their season alive. Next up, they'll play South Dakota. So that's going to be an interesting one. And then, of course, the Bobcats, the Grizzlies, and the Vandals. All teams were on the first round by with high expectations coming into the postseason. We'll keep an eye out how they do. Watch the Big Sky Now media panel dropping Wednesdays. We'll recap, we'll preview, excuse me, their upcoming games and recap them throughout the playoffs. And just like I said, keep an eye out for any other Big Sky news. Going to be a fun rest of the FCS playoffs after a very fun Big Sky football season. Thank you everybody for watching. I'm Josh Dugan and I'm out.